Hi, Vicky. Hi, Shane. Are are you a uh, fan of Game of Thrones or any or House of the Dragon or anything? No, zero. Oh, the faces. Zero percent uh, fan of. Just that. like never had a never had an interest in the books or the mo- or the movies, the shows or no the books. I didn't know the. You know there were books. I didn't know the books existed before the show, mm, and okay. then. Also, I'm just like not interested in fantasy period kind of really? stuff, but that's, it's not, well, I was trying to think of that. Do you, and so it's you like, like not, Lord of the Rings or? No, I fell asleep. I went to see Lord of the Rings in the movie theater once and I slept the whole way through. Oh my God. It was like right when I, they first started installing those good movie seats. <laughs> okay. Thing one fair. They are quite comfy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, so I was going like when I was creating this prompt, I was like, yeah, people don't really like Game of Thrones. That's complete. Like everyone's first off to your own choices. Well, like don't like, like what you don't like. That's completely fine. So violent. No, so, again, so much I, nudity, I, hate, like, like, I, I am not yeah. here to defend anything. I, Lord of the Rings <laughs> though, man, that's, uh, like mm-hmm. you could say you don't like the, no, I'm actually not even going to get into my, my preferred Lord of the Rings <gasps> takes. What? Uh, Tell me. No, I think, I think it's all, it's all I good. I probably con- won't even know. You won't even know. It's all good about. content. Oh, that's funny. I yeah. So so I ask because uh, currently uh-huh. the uh, like House of the Dragon, which is the second Game of Thrones right series. This is also this is not like a we're, we're not promoting anything. I'm just talking about things that happen in my personal life. I just want to make that clear as a podcast of HQ. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like like just things that I personally like. I just, I'm not like a sure. Okay, uh, but no. Like I was just at, thinking because like House of the Dragon, which is the next Game of Thrones thing, just mm-hmm. had its. It just finished this past weekend, uh, the first season. Yeah. And it's all about obviously like politics and stuff, but dragons and fire. And it was really like, inspiring to me uh-huh. because we are here today to start a new mini series <gasps> on dragons. third pod. Uh, oh, you know what? No, but oh. holy cow. What I love to do. That would be good. Oh, we'll have to think about. I'm already I'm next year around Halloween. We're going to do, I want to do like, we did Mythical Monsters a while ago, which was really fun. Oh, right. The ones that inspired yeah, it. That. Yeah. So we're going to add dragons to that list. Yeah. No, not about dragons. Okay. This one's going to okay. be about fire. Um, <gasps> and there's there was a Game of Thrones comp in there. We did Ice Before. This one's fire. Song of Ice and Fire. I'm making a bunch of yeah. things that you actually don't know about, but some people will get. Uh, <laughs> but as a preview, so in the coming weeks, mm-hmm. we're going to have uh, episodes and stories about wildfires. Uh, volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves a good volcano. Oh, yeah. Um, fire in space, like on space stations or shuttles and how Scary how stuff. very bad that is. Yeah. Uh, fire on other planets or or comparable to what we consider fire on our planets. Okay. Fascinating. Uh, indigenous knowledge about fire, which I'm really, mm-hmm. really stoked for. And fireflies. Fireflies. I know. I love that. I know. I, I'm super stoked for that. Uh, I... I I really love a good fire. Do you call them fireflies? Do you call them lightning bugs? What do you call them? Uh, both lightning bugs, lightning no. bugs, lightning bugs. For me, growing up, it was lightning bugs. In in rural yeah. rural Pennsylvania, that was the lightning bugs. Yeah, uh, New Jersey, probably the same. Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, regional. It, our, our lovely regional dialects <laughs> and and sayings that we get into so often here. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's that's what's coming up. And right. so for this episode, we're going to hear a little preview from most of the upcoming episodes. So I hope you all enjoy. Science is fascinating, but don't just take my word for it. 
Join us as we hear stories from scientists for everyone. I'm Shane Hanlon. And I'm Vicki Thompson. And this is Third Pod from the Sun. My name is Augustin Gibault. I'm an assistant professor or lecturer at University College London. So I teach and do research at the same time. I study fire safety in complex environments such as spacecraft or historic buildings or even uh, in the wildland, the urban interface. Just to make sure that everybody kind of is on the same page, what sort of conditions do you need for a fire to start? So you might be familiar with what we call usually like the fire triangle, which is a, a simplistic but very, I think, like very useful way of understanding what you need. For a fire to happen, you need something to burn. So you need a fuel, you need an oxidizer, you need oxygen, and the last thing you need is a source of heat. But if you think about, you know, when you start a fire, if you just ignite anything uh, around you, or if you have a pyromaniac friend, you can see that nothing really happens in the first couple of seconds. It's really hard. You, you need a certain amount of time for a fire to develop and to reach a steady state or something that can be studied. A more elaborate ones, such as sounding rockets, a space station, then space modules, which is a kind of experiment NASA has conducted in the past few years, with an experiment called Sapphire, where very large samples that you would not really, you know, uh, in a very safe conditions, burn inside the ISS. You burn them in a module that is actually uh, ejected or, or going flying away from the space station. That way you're in a, in a safe environment. Uh, and there's now plans and talks of, of dropping an experiment on the moon to be able to study what happens at lunar gravity. Yeah, my name is Jim Kawahikawa. I was born and raised in Hawaii. Currently, I'm a research scientist with the U.S. Geological Survey stationed at the Hawaiian Volcano Observatory. My name is Finn Ilsley-Kemp. I'm a research fellow at Victoria University of Wellington in New Zealand. Green Lake, uh, the actual name is Waiapele, which means water of Pele. So it's about uh, 20 feet deep, six meters deep, really. Um, it's less than a hectare in area, or was, I should say. And so, you know, it took 90, 90 minutes for lava to burn off the summit lava lake, summit water lake. This thing went in a flash, probably seconds, as the whole lava flow went into that lower, uh, the late interior of that crater and took it out. I, I was in the air at that time, right around it. I could see the plume come up. And uh, by the time we made another round, it was gone. The lava going into the lake was so fast that it was just gone before anyone realized. Yep. That's pretty incredible. Except for the what? steam. A lot of people saw the steam plume. I spoke in the other part of this podcast to someone in Hawaii and looking at sort of the phreatic eruptions that happen when the lava comes in contact with water. It's a very different eruptive style here. But what would be sort of the primary hazard of having that eruption take place into this massive volume of water, potentially? The interaction between that water and, and um, magma would tend to make the eruption more explosive, certainly in the early stages. Um, and we do see that when we look at the deposits from past eruptions. So, for example, the last eruption from Topol was about 1800 years ago. And if you go in, and that eruption had multiple sequences in it. And if you go into the field and look at the deposits from that, you can see that some of the early stages have um, been altered by water interaction. And that would change the 
the explosivity. And we actually see from that eruption was, was so huge that it seems that later on in the eruption, the we see no interaction with water, which suggests that the either the water was completely uh, thrown out or evaporated, um, or that there was a the the explosion the eruption was powerful enough that it was just pushing the water aside and the magma was coming to the surface um, with no water interaction at all. My name is Orit Peleg, uh, and I'm faculty at CU Boulder. Bringing backgrounds that are somewhat diverse in the fields of computer science and physics and math, and I'm using them as tools or a lens to look at natural history and specifically animal communication in nature. In my lab, we're really interested in communication in very large groups, and fireflies are a really wonderful example of that in nature. Their signal is almost digital, on-off, zero-one, probably as close as it gets to computer language in, uh, in nature. And we're trying to understand how they do it. So why is this light flashing happening and what are the peculiarities of, of this? It's really a fascinating system. Um, for most of the swarms that we work with, the males are flashing, they're flying around just above ground, and they're advertising themselves for uh, mating purposes, and the females are more stationary on the ground. And what's happening for these kind of swarms is that the males produce a particular flash pattern that is, again, very specific to their own species, and the females kind of observe and they seem to have preference for very punctual males males that produce a you know punctual sequence that is identified with their own species and then if they see a male that they would want to continue the, the mating conversation with then they would respond back with their female species specific flash pattern and then some of the males would land close to the females and they continue this conversation. It's really just a temporal on-off to some extent, almost like a Morse code. And we know with Morse codes that the way they, was, they were designed, at least some of them were to minimize the, the length of the message. So the letters that are the most common in the alphabet were also associated with the shortest Morse code. And so what was it like? What, what, what are these evolutionary constraints for the fireflies? So we're using the fireflies as a model system, basically, for communication signal evolution and these, you know, very basic languages, which I'm, I'm doing air quotes <laughs> to uh, illustrate that, you know, it's a very, very basic type of language. All right, Vicky, are you ready for uh, for hot podcast fall? <laughs> I can't even respond to you. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are, there are times when I when I write these scripts, and I think I think like I've even gone too far sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fire, Vicky. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so young. Oh. <laughs> At heart, at heart, not in reality. The funny thing is, I would, when we do compare <laughs> our ages, you're always saying, I'm not that much older than you are. And then you just flip the script. Shane, you're a child. Yeah, you're, you're a, little, a little boy. <laughs> I'm a child with, with dad humor. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting combination. Hot, hot podcast fall is also just a really hard thing to say. Yeah, well, here, here we are. Uh, and, and to spare everyone uh, our continued banter and 
whatever the heck's going on right now. Yeah, whatever this is. Yeah, we'll call it. So uh, that is all from Third Pod from the Sun. Thanks so much to Jason Rodriguez and you, Shane, for producing this episode and to Colin Warren for audio engineering. Artwork by Karen Romano-Young. And for this upcoming series, we want to thank our rotating cast of amazing producers. Anupama Chandrasakran, Molly McGid, Sarah Whitlock, Katrina Jackson, Avery Cook-Shinneman, and Jessica Zandi-Boozer. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Please rate and review us. And you can find new episodes on your favorite podcasting app or at thirdpodfromthesun.com. Thanks all, and we'll see you next week. All right, let's see what you got here. Yeah. All right, Vicky. So are you ready for hot, or I guess fire podcast fall? No, hot podcast fall. This is terrible. I need to redo this. I was trying to make it. I don't like I was trying to make it. I was trying to make it better. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm, I'm going to redo it, but it's still going to be bad. It's still going to be bad.